Welcome to How to Pretend to Like Sports. I'm Monica Woodhams, former D1 cheerleader, well, just my first year in college, who is still game day obsessed. Even when friends joked I was just pretending to like sports, I've always loved the community and excitement that comes with going to games. And let's be real, I love picking out a game day outfit. Join me each week as I share current events, conversation starters, and Obvi discuss the latest outfits that the F1 girlfriends are wearing. I'm giving you everything you need to know, no binge watching required. Hello, and welcome to another episode of How to Pretend to Like Sports. I'm your host, Monica Widoms, and it is the week of December 20th. Wild, it's the week of Christmas, and all I can think about is how freaking cold it's going to be when I go to my parents' house in Kansas City. I was looking at the temperatures and the feels like is supposed to be in the negatives. And I actually saw a post on Instagram. I reshared it to my stories, but it said what the feels like temperature is going to be for the NFL games that are happening this weekend. And listen to this. Bills at Bears, negative 11. Seahawks at Chiefs, negative 6. Saints at Browns, negative 9. Texans at Titans, 5. Falcons at Ravens, 7. Raiders at Steelers, negative 4. Absolutely not do I have the desire to go to a football game when it is in negative degrees. And I'm sorry. I don't care how big of a football fan you are. You can't tell me that you actually really do want to go stand for three hours in what feels like negative 11, negative six degrees. For the longest time when I would see these games, the Chiefs games specifically, because those are always so cold, I would see people bringing cardboard with them and standing on it. And this is probably so dumb, but I could not figure out for the life of me what the cardboard was for until someone told me that it's insulation from the concrete. Because if you're just standing on concrete in those temperatures, it's absolutely freezing. So people stand on cardboard. It helps a little bit. No way it helps that much in that temperature. You're frozen at that point. But if you are going to a game, then that is something that you can do to reuse your Christmas present boxes. So it's a win-win. What has been happening this past week? Oh, I have two yoga stories. I have not gone to yoga in forever. I used to go religiously like four to five times a week. Loved it. And honestly, I need to do that because I was in the best shape of my life and also like just felt so good when I was doing that consistently. But I went on, I want to say Wednesday or Thursday last week with my aunt to yoga at the YMCA. And other than my aunt and I, everyone was over the age of like 75, which is great. Sometimes that is, that is the energy that I need. And let me tell you, these people are probably going every single week, multiple times at least, because they could hold the squat longer than me. They could hold one-legged poses, stands longer than me. I mean, they were killing it. And it made me think about how my grandma used to go to yoga when she was like in her 80s. I 
And we're kind of like, I mean, what is she really doing? Like, at least she's showing up, but I mean, how much can she do? And now I'm kind of like, she could probably do the whole class by the looks of the rest of the class. So that was the first yoga experience. Then Saturday, I went with some friends to the jungle in Dallas. It's over in Bishop Arts. It's really cute. It's one of those studios that makes you feel like you're in Tulum. All the plants, all the aesthetic, very Instagrammable, just like everything is becoming in that area. And I wore a sports bra that I've worn before around the house, but never really worked out in. It's like one size too big in the sense that it's one size too big when it comes to working out. Like when you're, it's your day to day and you're just doing stuff around the house, perfectly fine. Well, we get to class and turns out it is a inversions class. It is a headstand class. Had no idea. And I start thinking back to like an hour before when I'd been getting ready for this class. And I was like, uh, I know that this is a little big, but let me just like do some movements, stretch, see, see what happens. And like, I was like, no, this is good. If I'm like moving around, nothing crazy is happening. Well, what I didn't test for at home was doing handstands and inversions in the sports bra. So needless to say, there was a wardrobe malfunction and we're doing like thread the needle where like one, your arm is under the other arm to stretch out your shoulders. And my friend just looked at me and <laughs> she was like, yep, your boobs hanging out. So that that happened and that just about tracks for um, my yoga experience of diving back into that world. So it was an eventful yoga time for me last week, to say the least. And now I know not to wear that sports bra again. And my advice to you is, when in doubt, don't wear something at risk of malfunction to yoga because that will be the day where it is not the appropriate appropriate attire. But like I said, I am going back home to Kansas City for Christmas and the dogs are not invited. My dad and my mom will not let my dogs in their house because their house is too nice, and my dogs are puppies, and their dog also doesn't like my dogs, which I think is a her problem, not a my dog's problem, but they'll go to camp. They'll go to where they um, go to daycare on Tuesdays, which is the best because they do these activities with the dogs every week. And I actually just got pictures of the dogs um, painting Christmas ornaments. So it's like they have like plastic around the actual ornament and then they move it around with the peanut butter that they're licking on the plastic. And my heart just like grew four times the size, like the Grinch, because it's just so sweet. So they'll have a good time. And I love it because they send pictures all day, which a lot of places don't do. So I really appreciate that. They're seriously the best in Dallas and, of course, only the best for my dogs. But on that note, so I was talking to my mom about 
the trip coming up and making sure I'm as bundled up as possible because not only is it going to be freezing outside, but my parents live in a really old house and so it just does not heat well. Despite what my dad may say, it does not heat well and I have been known to wear a coat around the house because it feels that cold. But she had mentioned the World Cup and she was like, did you watch the final? It was so exciting. My mom does not watch sports. So I was like, what? The headlines? Did you watch clips? She was like, no, your dad and I watched the whole game. It was so exciting. And I was like, okay, if they, these two people thought that the game was exciting, I really missed something because I still have yet well, now it's too late to watch any game, but I hadn't watched any World Cup game. But here's basically the gist of what happened. So it was the World Cup final on Sunday. It was Argentina against France. And throughout the majority of the game, Argentina was up 2-0. to zero. But in the 80th minute, France scored. And then literally a minute later, France scored again, tying the game. So eventually they go into overtime. Messi scores a goal for Argentina. Then eight minutes later, France scores another goal. So that means we go on to penalty kicks, which this is now so full circle because we were talking about on a podcast maybe two or three ago about how sometimes games can tie and sometimes they go into penalty kicks. Obviously for the World Cup final, we are going into penalty kicks. But needless to say, Argentina won, and this was huge for Messi because even if you're not a soccer girly, because I'm not, you still know that Messi is, like, one of the greatest soccer players of all time. So it is always great to see when the greats are also winning, like, the World Cup at such a high level because a lot of times... You can be one of the greatest players, but you just happen to not be able to win the World Cup or the World Series or whatever it is that really is the team sport at the end of the day. But with all this talk about Messi and Argentina winning, there's been a lot of talk about him and his wife's relationship, which I knew nothing about, but now it's like every magazine headline is about them and their story. So I was reading about it because once it's, so I was reading about it and his wife, Antonella Rocuso, they met as kids before Messi moved to Spain. So Messi moved to Spain for the junior program for FC Barcelona. And he met her when he was still in Argentina, which is where he's from. So backstory to that of how he ended up in Spain He had, when he was like 10 or 11, around that age, he had a growth hormone disorder and his dad couldn't afford to pay for the medical care that that required. So he really wanted Messi to get signed by a team so that that could help pay for the medical care. So that is how he ended up signing with FC Barcelona and moved to Spain. And when he moved to Spain, he still stayed in touch with Antonella. And in 2005, her best friend died in a car accident. And so he flew back and they've been together since. So she moved with him to Spain. 
they were living in Castell de Fels, which is outside of Barcelona. And I've been to a million times uh, to go to the beach when I was growing up. So that's a fun fact. I call it out because it's a tiny town. So um, it kind of feels kind of random, but I mean, it's Barcelona. So they were together ever since. And they have three kids, three boys, and they were married in 2017. So they had kids before they got married. But no judgment. I'm just saying that for the sake of the timeline to make sense. So anyway, that's a sweet story. You love to see it. So many times all you hear about is these athletes cheating on their wives and girlfriends and all this stuff. So maybe that's why everyone's sharing this sweet story because it is nice to hear and is refreshing and a reminder that love does exist, right? And I say that without even having watched as many Hallmark movies as I usually do. Also, speaking of relationships, I was, this is quite the segue, but as I was making my mushroom coffee, because I now make mushroom coffee in the afternoon instead of my usual Nespresso, but I was messaging with a guy on Hinge, literally like we've exchanged two sentences, but I have a prompt and it says, together we could go to an F1 race in Barcelona. And he said something along the lines of, I'm just now getting into F1, whatever. And so I was thinking about how funny it is that I've even come to watch, pay attention to F1. Because growing up, it was always on all the time. Um, Being in Spain every Sunday, that's just what was on TV. We didn't have a ton of channels. My grandparents didn't. And it being Europe, it was a priority to be televised. So it was always on in the background. And I always knew it was like a big deal for Europe. But kind of like everyone else in the U.S., it wasn't until recently where it really became a full global thing. Well, I say global. It was always global with the exception of the U.S. I feel like sometimes we just act like if the U.S. isn't involved, it's not a global thing until the U.S. is. But no, like all these European countries um, and all over the world. Regardless, the U.S. now is interested. But I was thinking about how the name of the podcast is How to Pretend to Like Sports. And what's funny is I did not care about F1 at all. My dad had told me to watch Drive to Survive a while ago, and I wasn't that interested. And then my best friend suggested it. She's like, you'd really like it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then it truly took. I went on a few dates with this guy, and he's obsessed with F1. And I was like, well, shoot, I need I need some stuff to be able to talk about here. So I'm going to watch it. So I ended up starting to watch Drive to Survive, and then I really did get hooked. But, I mean, that's that's kind of the gist of what the podcast is not supposed to be. But guilty. Let's get back to actual sports news. So Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles hurt his shoulder. I think he sprained it, so... 
he's only going to be out for like two games. It's not something that's a huge deal. But the Eagles do play Dallas on Saturday or Sunday, and that's always a rivalry game. But at least the good news is that it's something that he's going to be able to bounce back off, back from quickly. And then the NFL playoff picture. So in the AFC, the teams that have clinched a spot are the Chiefs and the Bills. So there's five more spots left. And in the hunt, we have the Bengals, Titans, Ravens, Chargers, and Dolphins. So those are the teams that still have a shot at taking up those five spots. Now for the NFC, more spots have been clinched for this one. So that would be the Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, Cowboys. So there's three spots left. And in the hunt are Bucks, Giants, Commanders. And now you'd be like, well, that's three. So don't they get it? But there's still more teams in the NFC. Those are just like the ones that are most likely going to get it. And if you're curious what Christmas Day games are happening, in case someone asks if you want to watch a game or if you're curious what's going on in the background, there's Green Bay versus Dolphins, Broncos versus Rams, and Bucks versus Arizona Cardinals. So those are the Christmas Day games. There's also games happening on uh, Christmas Eve. I wanted to call it New Year's Eve, but Christmas Eve as well throughout the day. So, you know, these holidays, non nonstop games. So as we're segueing to the end of football season, I guess we need to start talking about the NBA. I don't really follow the NBA. I don't. I like going to games. I think going to NBA games is always fun. I've gone to Mavs games for like my birthday as a, like a fun group activity and things like that. But watching it on TV, I'd rather watch college basketball. But football's about to end and we're going to still need content for this podcast. So maybe it's time we start paying attention. And for today's episode, all I have are the NBA standings. And being able to list off who the top ten, who the top teams are in a sport doesn't mean that much. But when you're when you just want to know the basics of what you need to know, you know the whole premise of this podcast, it does help because the point of this is you're sitting in a conversation, people are talking about basketball games. And you at least know, if you know the standings, you know, oh, okay, that team played that team. Those are two good teams. And so you kind of just, you can generalize and it'll just help things start clicking much easier. So similar to the NFL, there's two different conferences. So NBA has the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. So the top teams right now in the Eastern Conference are the Bucks, not to be confused with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL. This is the Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, Cavaliers, Nets, and the 76ers. In the Western Conference, we have 
Grizzlies, Nuggets, Suns, Pelicans, and the Clippers. As if having the football games on during Christmas wasn't enough, there are also NBA games happening on Christmas because TV knows that people are readily available to be in front of their TV and add dollars. But if you're curious what games those are, it's the 76ers at Knicks, Lakers at Mavericks in Dallas, Bucks at Celtics, Grizzlies at Warriors, and Suns at the Nuggets. So that is your news. I hope you have an amazing holiday. Have so much fun. Stay warm. Try to take some time off and decompress so we can start this 23, 20, 2023. Brand new, energized, refreshed, all the things. Because like all the Instagram reels, I too am inspired to make 2023 way better than 2022. All right. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Monica Woodhams on the TikTok. It's how to pretend to like sports. All right. I'll talk to y'all later.